Well, hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Mustard Seed Leadership, where we are doing a series all about signs of good governance. What does it mean to exercise authority well? And we are on part five already. So if you've missed any of the previous episodes, I'd encourage you to go back and have a listen or watch of them, download the notes so that you can uh, hopefully learn it for yourself and maybe pass it on to others as well. So why is this so important? One of my favorite verses in John chapter one and verse 14, Speaking about Jesus, it says the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Don't you love that? It's, I truly believe there is great glory to be displayed in godly leadership. It's a beautiful thing. It says here that Jesus We've seen his glory. And I don't think that was just his shininess. This was the exercising of glorious government in his life. The glory of coming from the Father, full of grace and truth. So that's what good governance is right there. The ability to, he exercised 100% truth. There was zero compromise. And yet he did it in an incredibly gracious way. That's glorious leadership. And that is what we are aiming for. Now, you may recognize some of the signs of a lack of governance in your life, over the last few weeks, we've just highlighted some of these. Remember, number one, a lack of peace. Number two, a lack of order. Number three, a lack of respect. Number four, a lack of discipline. And number five, a lack of productivity. Let's hone in on that last one, a lack of productivity. What would that look like? Well, in your organization, it might mean there's no cohesiveness amongst the team. It might be poor work ethic in your own life. It could be constant distractions. It could be not keeping the main thing the main thing. It could be no management oversight or no production goals. Now, compare that to what Jesus said about his father in John chapter 15, verses 1 and 2. Jesus said, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it'll be even more fruitful. That's the father at work in our lives, just like a gardener, cutting and trimming to produce maximum fruitfulness in our lives. He exercises governance by cutting and trimming us to make us more fruitful. That's our model of good governance. So, the good news is that we can grow in our area, in these areas of exercising governance. Remember the three main enemies that we are going to be up against. Number one, we're going to have to fight off the fear of conflict or being a people pleaser. So much of good governance actually means standing up to something or gently and lovingly confronting someone. If you're a people pleaser, your tendency will be to pull back. It could be a lack of confidence. Your insecurities, rather than stepping up, will make you want to withdraw because of a timidness or fear. Or number three, an indifference. Instead of taking hold of the responsibilities which are rightfully yours, you abdicate those responsibilities to someone who doesn't have the authority or calling to take care of them. So let's recognize the enemy. Let's confront those giants and uh, let's have a look at what are some of those signs of good governance and how do we grow in them. So seven signs of good governance we looked at. Remember number one, good governance confronts sin. Number two, we looked at good governance enforces boundaries. Number three, good governance holds people accountable. Number four, good governance makes sure decisions get made. And the one we want to look at today, number five, is good governance makes things happen. This is similar in some ways to the previous point about ensuring a decision gets made, but now it's wider in scope. See, another 
a sign of a good governance is the willingness to pull the trigger and make something happen when everyone else is still discussing, talking, and going over trying to analyze or stuck in the paralysis of analysis. I like the way John Maxwell often says, leaders have a bias towards action. Yes, there's a time for talking. There's a time for listening. There's a time for making plans. There's a time for gathering facts. But then there's a time to pull the trigger and just do it. Now, that's a sign of governance to make something happen. There's seldom a perfect time and it takes a leader to make something happen. I love the example that we see in Nehemiah, one of those Old Testament heroes who was used by God in the rebuilding program of the walls of Jerusalem. He was a man of prayer. He was a man of discipline, fasting, prayer, but he was also a man of action. There's a lovely little story, Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. It says, of Nehemiah, he goes to the king, and so the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You must be deeply troubled. Then I was terrified. But I replied, long live the king. How can I not be sad for the city where my ancestors are buried is in ruins and the gates have been destroyed by fire. Notice how the Bible actually reveals right there, I believe, the foundation of why we are sometimes very reticent or hold back from taking steps of action. It says he was terrified. Now, if Nehemiah, that great leader, was terrified, then it's hardly surprising that all of us as leaders will struggle with fear at some point or another. I was terrified. This is why there are so many talkers and very few doers. To take the first step means crossing the barrier of fear, insecurity, and stepping out of our comfort zone. But I love the next word as well. It says, I was terrified, but that's the difference. All of us are going to face fear and the temptation of fear. In fact, one of the, the leadership quotes that are often used, I don't even know who said it, but someone said leadership is the art of disguising terror. Every leader is going to face fear at some point. But is there the but that we've just heard about from Nehemiah? He said, I was terrified, but he took the step. I love the fact that Nehemiah was terrified, but he did it anyway. And I'm sure that all of you as leaders know what it feels like to feel fear and then confront it. Fear is normal. Stepping through that fear is what makes a great leader. So what's the bottom line? Bottom line is very simply, a dream will stay a dream until it gets in your diary. In other words, you have to do it to make it happen. Be honest enough to ask if the delay you're facing is really because you need more facts or figures or because you're bowing to fear. So let me leave you with a final challenge. Good governance makes things happen. So what do I want you to do? Number one, I want you to do an honest assessment of yourself, your family, ministry, business. Are you making things happen or is there a pattern of talking, 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 but then no follow through and action? Is it fear that's holding you back? Number two, if it is, then it's time to repent. Remember, repentance is an invitation for God's intervention. Repent. Call fear a sin. Lord, I'm bowing my knee to fear. I repent. I need to find courage in you. And then thirdly, trust the Lord. Pray for courage and step out of the boat. We always end up regretting more the things that we didn't do than the things we try to do but end up failing. So, leaders, just do it. Let's step out in courage because leaders make things happen. Hope it's helpful. Can't wait to see you again next week for our next episode. May the Lord bless you. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Remember, if you'd like the notes that come along with this episode or any one of our past episodes, you can visit outlookchurch.co.za forward slash mustard seed leadership where you can see all our past episodes, all the resources and notes that go along with this. Until next
next time, keep growing.